We've probably heard of this quote, what you resist persists. Now, the only way out is through. If we aren't going to feel a particular feeling, then guess what? You're going to feel that same betrayal in the next person or the next relationship or the next partnership or the next business endeavor with somebody else. Someone else will betray you and it will come up. It will rise to the surface and you will get really hurt and you will wonder why you didn't say how you felt. You'll wonder why you didn't actually have a hard conversation about, or a brave conversation about these feelings. Emotions high this time of year? I know that some of you have been feeling the weight of your emotions. And if you've been told you're too much, or you're too emotional, or maybe feeling that you're an empath and you don't have a place for your emotions to live, I invite you to this Embrace Your Emotions 90-minute workshop that I'm hosting. If you've been feeling angry, rageful, or burnt out, resentful, or maybe just been feeling that you haven't been heard, seen, or understood, this is a place for you. We're going to go over the different kinds of emotions that we go through when we are navigating through tough times, when there is so much bigness in the world, how to process and release them. And in these 90 minutes, I'm going to go over a playbook that will not only help you build unshakable resilience, but also give you the tools to reset and help you regulate your nervous system. Finally, bounce back from anything that comes your way. I know you're going to get so much value out of this 90-minute conversation. So sign up, claim your seat, and grab the replay at neethabushan.com forward slash emotions workshop. That is neethabushan, N-E-E-T-A-B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com forward slash emotions workshop. And I'll see you there. Hello, hello, Brave Table fam. I am so excited you are here. And if you are new, this is Nita. And this is your oasis to being just a little bit more brave in your actions, in your relationships, and in your life. And today, if this is the first time you are tuning in, wow, we have a treat. Oh my goodness. I am diving into one of my favorite, favorite topics. And it is how to embrace your emotions. I've gotten a lot of feedback around this as I've been switching up my content on IG. So fam, if you're not on IG yet, go ahead. You can start following my journey there at Neetabushan. That is N-E-E-T-A-B-H-U-S-H-A-N. And we've been testing out a few different ways of trying to help you get more into understanding and not just understanding, but embracing our emotions. And honestly, we're heading into the holiday season. Believe it or not, I cannot believe this month is going by so fast. And it is gnarly. It is gnarly that we are just literally, we're almost to the end of the year, which brings me up to so many different feels. And in fact, I remember last year around the same time where I started to get opportunities to speak via media and on news stations and behind the scenes because I was promoting That Sucked, Now What? My international five-time award-winning best-selling book that helps you embrace the magic in the mess. And honestly... What was so interesting during that time was so many people that were bringing me on to either their newscast shows or their morning shows, they really loved this idea of going home for the holidays and how do we embrace ourselves or brace ourselves for sitting at the table with people that don't necessarily agree with us or that if you're cringing hearing this 
me talking about you maybe going home, seeing family members for the holidays, where you know you're kind of like, uh, I don't really, I don't really want to do that, or it triggers you. There's something that comes up that triggers you. I can't tell you how many news outlets, you know, were like, can you talk about, you know, the top ways to embrace, you know, yourself or check in with yourself when you're sitting around the table with somebody that doesn't necessarily agree with your political views, your opinions. And how do you keep composure? How do you keep sane? How do you not erupt at the dinner table? And now many of you already know this next month is going to be big because we've got Diwali coming up. We have Thanksgiving coming up for those of you who celebrate in the States. And we also have you know, the holiday season just in general. And so how are we keeping tabs on the stressors, the emotionality of trying to be there for everyone. And then we run ourselves dry. We run ourselves thin because that primary emotion, for those of you who don't already know this, is resentment for my people pleasers in the room. And you all know who you are. And then for those who are my type A'ers and they just want to get things done and they're the intense reactors and they're the ones that have a game plan and they have something in their mind. And if it does not go to plan, their primary emotion is anger. And many times this will come up at gatherings, at family gatherings where someone is completely disagreeing with you and you are so passionate and you've been told you are so passionate and you want to defend and defend your point. And maybe, just maybe, parts of you are like, well, I need to be right. And so you have all these facts and you have all of these articles or somebody in your family has all these facts and articles and they are prided by being right. And so you get into a shouting match, an altercation. I've been in many of those. And why? Because our primary emotion is then anger. And some of you actually go to these things dreading it, thinking, oh gosh, this is so draining. I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know how to say no because part of me is like, well, I've been part of this community for a really long time or I've been serving in this way and I feel like I need to go. So it's you know obligatory. And if I don't go, what will happen? So it's hard for you to say no, but then you're sad because you don't actually extend your boundaries and you don't know how to say no. And so this episode today is literally all about how to embrace your emotions like a boss because we are getting into that season and it's stressful. It's honestly stressful. And our relationships are honestly the absolute most important relationships that we have. They're the juice. They are our life. And we're not supposed to be living on a mountain by ourselves, (laughs) you know, like a monk. Shout out to the monks out there. But We are meant to be doing this life in partnership, in relationship with other people that we love. And yes, on the one hand, if we know that certain relationships are draining and certain relationships are elevating, then it's one thing that around the holidays, why do we get anxious about meeting these people? Why do we get anxious about going to the office holiday party or going to the thing that you've always supported for years and you're running to the same people that maybe you've outgrown? We still do those obligations. And this episode is not to you know judge the choices that we make, not at all. However, when we are in these circumstances, 
how do we actually navigate our emotions like a boss? So I want to go through five different ways that we can start doing this. And the first thing is you cannot think your feelings, okay? You can only feel them. And this happens a lot in one of the schools that I run. And I've brought this up to the students, you know, when they have a client who you know, has done a lot of work, or maybe this is you listening to this because you are so apropos to literally helping and evolving your thoughts, your processes, your feelings. Well, when we've done certain amounts of work or worked with a coach or worked with a therapist, what tends to come up is, yeah, I noticed that I've been actually doing this thing. And this thing brings me back to this one point where I was 5 years old or 10 years old. And I know exactly what my pattern is because I typically do this in relationships. And then they go on and on about literally intellectualizing their feelings. (laughs) But they're not actually allowing themselves to feel. Now, if this is you or you know somebody who actually does this, like they are so smart and so brilliant because they have done the work or they've read tons of books on their own emotional well-being, but they're not actually feeling it. What is actually happening here? Well, first thing, that's definitely a coping mechanism. We are... Our ego is protecting us. Our ego is protecting us because if I intellectualize, if I think about my feelings and I talk about them because I'm pointing out what happened when I was five, I'm pointing out what happened when I was 10 because I'm so smart about this, I don't actually have to feel. I can dissociate myself from the person or the little girl or that part of myself that was perhaps weaker or didn't know any better or was doing the best that he or she can. So it's easy for me because now I've done all the research and I know all of this in theory that I can talk about it and I can be a talking head about it, but I'm not actually going to feel my feelings. Which brings me to point number two. The only way out is actually through. And we've probably heard of this quote, what you resist persists. Now, the only way out is through. If we aren't going to feel a particular feeling, then guess what? You're going to feel that same betrayal in the next person or the next relationship or the next partnership or the next business endeavor with somebody else. Someone else will betray you and it will come up. It will rise to the surface and you will get really hurt and you will wonder why you didn't say how you felt. You'll wonder why you didn't actually have a hard conversation about or a brave conversation about these feelings. Well, the only way out is through. So we have to be able to sit in the discomfort of those feels. We have to actually allow ourselves to feel what's coming up. But our society has really given us all of the tools to suppress, to numb, to avoid, to distract. I mean, the biggest distractor that we have, obviously, is our phone. You know, I don't know if you have this or you do this. And now it's subconscious for me. It's crazy. I'll go on my phone and I'm looking for something and or I'm getting somebody's you know phone number. I'm putting it in my phone and then I get a pop-up of like, you know, somebody like my post and then automatically my phone goes to Instagram. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then I see whatever popped up and it's like, oh my gosh, she got a new dog. So cute. And I'm like going through it. And then I forgot why I was even holding my phone please don't tell me I'm crazy. I know this happens to all of us, right? (laughs) It is bananas. And then 10 minutes later, my husband looks up at me and he's like, well, did you get that number? Did you put her number in the phone? Or what was that number? And I'm like, wait, why was I even on my phone in the first place? 
We get so distracted and then we get the dopamine hit from our devices that are pulling our attention. And then we forgot why we were sad or we forgot why we were anxious or we forgot what we were actually doing there in the first place. So one of the biggest, you know, and this I used for grief for many, many years and it actually started after my divorce. And this was a time where I I fully hit rock bottom and it was one of the practices that I did to begin my journey of deep grief healing. Now you can do this with any emotion. And I've been able to do this now with emotions of anxiety, especially during my postpartum time with my second child with Isla. And I would set a timer for 10 minutes and specifically for grief. I would get a few songs out. Shout out to Brian McKnight. Shout out to Celine Dion. Shout out to Whitney Houston. I mean, I had a few songs that literally... And shout out to Cull Honoho, for those of you who listen to Bollywood. I had a few soundtracks and songs that I would play to elicit feelings of grief. And I remember even having my book, Conversations with God, from Neil Donald Walsh, one of the most amazing spiritual gurus, teachers, and he's written so many books around grief and what happens after, you know, in the afterlife. And it is based all on spirituality. And these were some of the tools that I had. And I would keep the lights dim. I would have a candle and I would have my journal. And literally I would set the timer for 10 to 15 minutes. And I would just allow myself to cry. I would allow myself to get into that state of sadness. And, you know, it might sound funny. Maybe you have your own, you know, songs and rituals. Maybe it's like a rom com, you know, one of your favorite rom coms that you can play in the background, but whatever you get to do or that you can do that will elicit the emotion of grief. And I would have a photo of my parents and my brother who passed away. And because while I was grieving the loss of my divorce, my divorce was just the catalyst. It was more so the loss, the losses that I had endured 10 years before that. And this literally was my practice in the mornings and at night. It was so sacred. And this was me coming back home to myself. And it was every single day. And sometimes I only had 10 minutes, but I would allow myself to sit in that sadness, sit in that suck. And you can allow yourself to bring up whatever has been on your heart. And it doesn't have to be full grief. It could be whatever has been bothering you, whatever didn't go well. Some days it was my divorce. Some days it was, you know, the person in my dental office that embezzled me. Whatever that grief was or loss or... Again, I was using this for grief, but I've used it for anxiety. All right, what is the anxious feeling that I'm having? And my playlist would look a little bit different. But the point of this is to actually set a timer where you are being intentional about where you want to focus your energy on and having a journal because then you're able to process, you're able to write out. Many times scripting or writing out activates a different part of our brain. It activates more of our right brain where we are you know, in our parasympathetic. It's very soothing, which is why coloring books is so soothing for the brain and so soothing for the nervous system. When we are writing things down, we're activating a different part of our brain because we're not using that writing muscle anymore. 
So, which is why writing and journaling has honestly been such a huge proponent of my practice in healing because it is activating a different part of our brain, that part of our brain that elicits more of those right brain activities where it's calming for our nervous system. Okay, number three, (laughs) observe when we try to bypass. And this is huge. What does bypassing actually mean? Well, it's kind of like number two. When we think we have done you know, work or we think we have learned a new skill and process like meditation or yoga and or we've read a few books or we followed a few people who listened to a few podcasts, maybe you're devouring this and you're like, oh, I already know what I'm doing that. Well, when we're bypassing, okay, we are thinking... Oh yeah, I don't have to feel that negative emotion. I don't have to feel that negative thing that's been happening. I'm better now. I'm better now because I know now what I'm doing. And I know that this has been my pattern. And yeah, that was hard for me back then. But I'm kind of feeling this, but I don't want to go into that suck. So I'm actually going to go work out. I'm going to go catch that yoga class. I'm just going to AKA be at that toxic positivity warrior. <laughs> what I mean by this is it's like we know better. It's like, ah, it could have been worse. Well, it wasn't that bad. I mean, honestly, at least I got rid of them before they actually could do much more harm. And so we're rationalizing again our feelings and we're not allowing ourselves to actually say, wow, that really sucked. I'm so sad that I was really hoping that we could get more time together. But I guess you know, you're absolutely right. You've got so much more on your plate and it's so valid for you to be on your phone the whole time that we're at dinner together. That is a example of bypassing. It's also an example of bypassing when you're rationalizing what another person has been doing. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt without acknowledging your emotions or feelings about it. Or it's like, oh yeah, you know, this deal didn't go through, but it could have been worse. You know, at least we got the experience. We've learned a lot more. And now I know what I'm going to do better next time. So this is an example again of bypassing. And bypassing could just be not acknowledging what was hard. And I'm not telling you to sit in it, right? It's just to acknowledge, wow, okay, we have a lot on our plate. And I may not be able to get all of it done. When we are acknowledging a feeling or an emotion, we are releasing the pressure valve so it's not building up. And when we're building up all of that gunk in our system, where does it go? Well, we internalize it into our bodies and our body holds it as cortisol, stress, inflammation, and then it manifests in certain areas of our body. Or we take it out and we burst at our loved ones. So. Try this exercise. You can put your hand over your heart and take the deepest breath that you've taken all day. (sighs) And notice, you can observe, where am I feeling this feeling? All it takes is 10 seconds to drop into your body. It takes another 60 to 90 seconds to actually completely feel that emotion. That's it. Okay. This brings me to point number four. Allow practices where this actually tends to come up. What I've honestly been loving lately, so breath work is a big practice that I've honestly been loving. And it's an app that I've been using, Open. You can check it out in the show notes. It honestly has been such a game changer for me. And I think that if you only have 10 minutes, if you only have five minutes, this is one of those apps where, you know, and I've tried 
you know, some of the other ones that are out there, this is one of the only ones that feels like you're in a sound bath or sound healing because they actually do have, you know, sound healing and sound meditations. So you can literally be on the bus or the train or just, you know, I wouldn't recommend driving with this, but just tuning in or, you know, you're waiting at the doctor's office, you're waiting at pickup line. This is for you for your nervous system. And it is so grounding. And I'm like, oh, even if I'm doing it for five minutes, this is like amazing. I can literally take myself and take my body to that place. I've also been doing boxing lately. And I don't know, shout out to this place called Rumble. You know, I love this spot. It has honestly been a game changer for me. So it's like half boxing, half deep lifting weights and squats and, and deadlifts and things like that. But what I love about it is, you know, it's like pumped up music, the lights are dark. And there have been times where I'm like punching the bag because they do it in this like coordinated rhythm. And I literally am about to full on just like ugly cry. And I'm like, whoa, where where did that emotion come from? Like, what is going on? Why am I so emotional right now? And I'm like punching the bag. And I'm like, oh, wow, because it's like a stuck emotion. That has been honestly huge. And there are times where I'm in this like boxing class and I'm just like having this overwhelming amount of gratitude for how far I've come. It is wild and it is bananas. And, you know, I have a rage practice and a rage room at my house too, where I don't have, you know, one of those actual hanging punching bags, but I have one of those like bags where you kick and punch on the floor. It's kind of a little different, honestly, because I have my boxing gloves on. It's just so different. Anyways, because you've got the the music, the lights, it's a whole experience. Highly recommend. Or you can also put a boxing bag in your rage room and create that in your room or pillows. But notice what comes up during these practices. And, you know, there's so many more, but I would try these. We have an embodiment dance that, you know, I'll list and link below some of the episodes that, you know, we've been able to do. You can also follow me on IG where I kind of go into my rage practices. I do it with the kids as well as screaming, tapping. Now I want to get to my final point, which is self-nourishment. You want to savor the slow and have, honestly, have compassion for yourself because I know that we are the biggest critics. We are so hard on ourselves. And so what does that look like for you? Is it drawing a bath? How do we soften our nervous system? And I am all about building resilience. You know, I'm the queen of building resilience, but how can we actually do this when we're also softening our nervous system, when we're actually allowing ourselves to be soft? And when we're actually allowing ourselves to bring up whatever that primary emotion is, when we're around family members, when we're getting triggered, when you know an aunt says the wrong thing or a troll comments on your posts or someone kind of makes a snide remark or, or comment, is your primary emotion anger, frustration, resentment, or burnout? Resentment, burnout, you know, I use the same. And or sadness. So I want to invite you to a really unique and very, very special event that I'm hosting on November the 7th. And this is a two-hour workshop to help you honestly embrace your emotions like a boss. And we will go through some of these emotions that we actually have that stuck, whether it's shame, guilt, disappointment, rage, 
and why we honestly tend to bottle it up. I know that guilt was the biggest thing for me as a new mama and a mama of two. And honestly, you know, during my travels and how you can be equipped to feel and create practices that honestly support you. And so this is the first time that I'll be sharing this particular workshop live. And for you, Brave Table fam, just because you're watching this, you've been kind of just an avid part of this journey. And I honestly am so, so grateful that we have come such a long way. You can snag your 10% off code BRAVE at checkout when you sign up for the Embrace Your Emotions workshop. So let's embrace our feels and do this together live in a fun setting. And let's get emo together. So you can sign up here at neethabushan.com. That is neethabushan, N-E-E-T-A-B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com forward slash emotions workshop. That is E-M-O-T-I-O-N-S workshop. And that is also going to be linked at the show notes. Thank you so, so much for tuning in every week and focusing on braving your emotional health, your emotional practice. Also, I'm going to link three episodes that may get you into this vibe as well. Number 148, Stepping Out of the Good Girl Box from Pole Dancing, Pleasure Seeking to Full Liberation with one of my dearest friends, Sheila Kelly. Episode 138, How to Fully Feel Your Emotions and Regulate Your Nervous System. And Episode 132, Embracing the Magic of Renewal and Reconnection, Nurturing Your Inner Child with Myself. I will see you next time. If you haven't had a chance to send us a five-star review, we obviously so, so appreciate it. That is one of the ways we can increase our audience, grow our community and get amazing and even better guests for next year. So when you go ahead and screenshot your review and go to iTunes and hit five-star review and then screenshot it and send it to support at globalgrit.co, that is support at globalgrit.co, we will send you a free gift. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next time on The Brave Table.